Will the congregation please stand and face the procession? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all of our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.
The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Let us pray. God among us, we gather in the name of your Son to learn love for one another. Keep our feet from evil paths, turn our minds to your wisdom, and our hearts to the grace revealed in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. You may be seated. A reading from Amos. Hear this, you that trample on the needy and bring to ruin the poor of the land, saying, when will the new moon be over so that we may sell grain, and the Sabbath so that we may offer wheat for sale? We will make the ephah small and the shekel great and practice deceit with false balances, buying the poor for silver and the needy for a pair of sandals and selling the sweepings of the wheat. The Lord has sworn by the pride of Jacob, surely I will never forget any of their deeds. The word of the Lord.
A reading from 1 Timothy. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for everyone, for kings and all those who are in high positions, so that we may, delete, we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and dignity. This is right and is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires everyone to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God. There is also one mediator between God and humankind, Christ Jesus, himself human, who gave himself a ransom for all. This was attested at the time. For this I was appointed a herald and an apostle. I am telling the truth. I am not lying a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. The word of the Lord. Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus said to the disciples, there was a rich man who had a manager, and charges were brought to him that this man was squandering his property. So he summoned him and said to him, what is this that I hear about you? Give me an accounting of your management, because you cannot be my manager any longer. Then the manager said to himself, what will I do now that my master is taking the position away from me? I'm not strong enough to dig, and I'm ashamed to beg. I've decided what to do so that when I am dismissed as manager, people may welcome me into their homes. So summoning his master's debtors one by one, he asked the first, How much do you owe my master? He answered, A hundred jugs of olive oil. He said to him, Take your bill, sit down quickly, and make it fifty. Then he asked another, and how much do you owe? He replied, a hundred containers of wheat. He said to him, take your bill and make it 80. And his master commended the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. For the children of this age are more shrewd in dealing with their own generation than are the children of light. And I tell you, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth so that when it is gone, they may welcome you into the eternal homes. Whoever is faithful in a very little is faithful also in much, and whoever is dishonest in a very little is dishonest also in much. If then you have not been faithful with the dishonest wealth, who will entrust to you the true riches? And if you have not been faithful with what belongs to another, who will give you what is your own? No slave can serve two masters. For a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Another gut punch from our Lord and Savior on this 15th Sunday after Pentecost. The master, Jesus says, commanded the dishonest manager because he had acted shrewdly. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I'm not sure the low-level accountant was expecting it. He'd been skimming some off the boss for some time now, and life seemed to be going along just fine. And all of a sudden, something happening, a day of reckoning, reckoning, the boss got wind of something, and his life was about to change forever. The boss calls him into his office and says, I understand you've been cooking the books. I would like a record in my office first thing Monday morning, and I would like to know exactly what it is that you've been doing with my money. Now, this guy's no dummy. He decides that since he's probably going to get axed anyways, he might as well make the best of it. 
So he goes around to all of his buddies who owe his boss a bunch of money and he cuts their bills down. He figures at least when security meets me at my desk on Monday morning and the usher meets me to the front door, at least maybe I'll have some friends that I helped. But when he walks in the office on Monday morning, ready to catch the business for the business he's done, the boss thinks what he's done is boss. And he commends him for it. In fact, he signs him to a three-year deal with a bonus because he is so crafty. How about that? The gospel of the Lord. What? Jesus lifts up somebody today who did something not particularly good. A man who did some, Jesus calls them shrewd things. I would call them cheating things. So what are we to take from this? Does God expect us on occasion to do things that are a little bit under the table as long as the end result comes out okay? Is that what we're up against? Can we really believe the words of Jesus in today's gospel when he tells us to, quote, make friends for yourselves by means of dishonest wealth? Yeah, get chummy with the crooks. You may need them sometime. What is this story doing in the New Testament anyways? One man's world, a lowly accountant is about to be turned upside down. He's going to lose his job, tossed out on his ear. He decides to do what he has to do to survive, even though it's a little unseemly, and Jesus commends him for it. Even though he gets a little dirt on his hands, Jesus says that's a good thing. Really? There's a creek just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. It's actually in New Jersey, but the Philadelphia people claim it. And at the beginning of every year, every Major League Baseball team is sent a pint of mud from the banks of this creek that flows between Philadelphia and Camden, New Jersey. This mud then is used by the groundskeeper to rub up the baseballs before every game. Each day before a game is played, about five or six dozen baseballs are rubbed up with the mud rubbed up so that they won't get so slippery so that the pitchers can throw them. Now you do the math. Each major league team has what? 81 home games. They have 162, but 81 at home. Five dozen baseballs used for each game. That's roughly 5,000 baseballs per team per year or 150,000 baseballs for the whole major league, not counting playoffs and World Series. But one pint of holy mud is all that is needed for 5,000 baseballs. Obviously, as the old Brill Cream ad used to go, a little dab will do ya, right? Some of you remember that? Just a bit of mud in the palm of a groundskeeper hand is worked into the hide of each baseball before every game, and then when that two-seam fastball comes off the hand of Justin Verlander or Max Scherzer, it hums across the plate right at the strike zone. Why? Because it has the right amount of dirt on it. Without the mud, they'd be flinging those baseballs all over the place. They'd slip right out of their hands, but with it, they can paint the strike zone. Now, my friends, there's a lot of mud in the world. And not all of it's being used to rub up baseballs. Sometimes we have that mud thrown in our face. Sometimes we ourselves step in mud. But the fact that there's mud in this world does not change who we are, does it? We know that there's been mud in this world for a long time. We call it sin. Which is why we begin our service every Sunday by confessing our sins. Because we know that during the week we may have stepped in some stuff along the way and we need to get that off of us. We never fully escape the dirt of this world, do we? So should we do what Jesus says? Get in there ankle deep and make friends of all that muddiness. Did you read the story this week? Adam and Eve had a little mud come into their life, didn't they? And then there's Cain and Abel and Noah. Whew. 
a whole lot of mud. So what do we do? Do we do what Jesus asks us to do? To be shrewd and as calculating as we possibly can. Make friends with people that most of us wouldn't have for friends. Because the world's dirty. And uh, we're going to have to sort things out. And sometimes we're going to need the help of those who are not so great and not so perfect like us. And we're going to need them. Is that what's going on here? Is that what Jesus is suggesting? That we do everything we can no matter what it is. As long as the end result's fine, we're good. Do you ever think that the amazing part of this parable that Jesus tells is not so much the behavior of the dishonest steward? I mean, what do we know about him from the beginning? We know he's dishonest. So when he's more dishonest, should that be a surprise? There are liars and cheats and scoundrels in the world, not exactly news, but I think the amazing part of the world is that, well, it's that the master accepts him anyways, isn't it? Commends him, honors him. Maybe what's amazing about this story is not the employee's dishonesty, but the employer's affirmation. Who would have thought that? You know, in the end, I don't think it works to turn this story into an example of how we ought to behave. You know, just get everybody out there, just do whatever you want. Rather, I think we have to marvel that the owner is willing to accept wretches. Several years ago, I was sitting in my office on a Friday afternoon, and the phone rang, so I picked it up. And as the woman started to talk, she started to cry. I didn't even know who this was. What's the matter? What can I help you with? Well, she went on to explain that she had called several Lutheran churches, but none of them were, would accept her. I said, what do you mean? She goes, well, I, I grew up Lutheran, and I want to get married in a Lutheran church, but I'm divorced, and now I'm living with my fiancé. So the last pastor told me on the phone, well, guess what? We don't do weddings for sinners. And I thought, really? I only do weddings for sinners. That's the only kind of weddings I know. Us, warts and all, with all of our sin, that's who we are. All of us have been scuffed up, rubbed too hard, beaten down, both by ourselves and others in life. But God still claims us as his own. God still has a way of taking us as we are and using us to further the kingdom. Not because we're all that, because in spite of what we say and do, our God still loves us. What's amazing about the gospel today is not that a scoundrel becomes more so. That's the predictable part. The amazing part is that he's favored even as a scoundrel. You see, here's the deal. If we have to be perfect to receive God's love, I'm in big trouble. But if God is willing able and even once to accept me as I am instead of as I pretend to be with everything that I have been through and done, well, then I figure I got a chance. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, amen.
Let us confess our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ. With your people gathered in this holy house, asking for grace and mercy from the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. Sustain the faith of your church, turn us from all falsehood, and empower it to share your words faithfully. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Throughout your world, people are needy. Please help us discern how to help our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Lord God, we thank you for the beautiful world you've given us. Let us be good stewards of your soil, air, and water so that it will flourish for generations. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Watch over police officers, emergency first responders, and military service members. Protect them and keep them safe. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Bless the Prince of Peace mission team as they prepare to spend a week building connections with the people of Guatemala. Keep them safe in your arms. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. People are suffering from illness, mental anguish, and financial hardship. Bring them the support and healing they need. We especially ask for help for those we name now. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Into your loving hands, O God, we place all for whom we pray, trusting in your great mercy and love through the one that walks with us, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The peace of Christ be with you always. Let us share that peace with one another. We invite you to be seated at this time for a couple of announcements. Welcome to our service of worship. A special welcome to those who are here for the first time or even joining us online today. I want to remind you that uh, tonight at 7 o'clock we have a first in a lecture series. It's a totally new thing for us. We're sort of stepping out here, but I hope you'll come and be part of it. It's 7 o'clock tonight here in the sanctuary. We have someone who's going to come and talk about the demographics of our area. How are we growing? How are we not growing? Where are we growing? He's a fascinating speaker. His name is Michael Wilkos. So we hope you'll join us tonight, about 45 minutes, and we'll have about 15 minutes of Q&A. So I hope you'll join us tonight here at 7 o'clock. Coming up on Tuesday, September 27th, the Gloria Dea Worship Center in Trinity is an interfaith perspective on immigration. This is sponsored by the Southern Irish Synod and the Catholic Diocese to think about uh, the refugees and immigration among us. There's information about that in the peace signs. But today, we are also glad to be receiving new members into our church family. I put them through a rigorous orientation yesterday, welcomed them to my home last night, and now we're going to make it official. So with those who are joining with us today, please come forward at this time. Don't be shy, come on down. I have to tell you, with all of the families we have, we have seven families who are joining, but with kids that are at camp this weekend with Pastor Tim, some of them are up there, he's up at confirmation camp, and kids off to college, we have 24 people uh, joining with us today, so we are excited about that. So the people that are gathered before you here today, 
now desire to make official their relationship with Prince of Peace. Let us pray. Merciful God, we thank you for these sisters and brothers in Christ, whom you have made your own by water and the word. You have called them to yourself, enlightened them with the gifts of your spirit, and nourished them in the community of faith. Uphold these, your servants, in the gifts and promises of baptism, and unite the hearts of all whom you have brought to new birth. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. I ask you now to confess your faith in Christ Jesus, to reject sin, and to confess the faith of the Church. Do you renounce the devil and all the forces that defy God? Do you renounce the powers of this world that rebel against God? And do you renounce the ways of sin that draw you from God? If so, everyone answer, I renounce them. Do you believe in God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? If so, answer, I believe. You have made public profession of your faith. Do you intend to continue in the covenant that God made with you in baptism? To live among God's faithful people? To hear the word of God and share in the supper? To proclaim the good news of God in Christ through word and deed? To serve all people following the example of Jesus and to strive for justice and peace in all the earth? If so, answer, I do. And people of God, do you promise on your honor to support and pray for these new members in our church and support them in their life of Christ? If so, answer, we do. Let us pray. Loving God, we give you thanks that through water and the Holy Spirit, you give us new birth, cleanse us from sin, and raise us to eternal life. Stir up in your people the gift of your Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord, the spirit of joy in your presence, both now and forever. Amen. I want to introduce you to our new families, and I have them listed in here alphabetically by height, so I'm just going to go what I got listed here, okay? But down on this end, sort of in the middle here, are Brandon and Stephanie Gobble. If you guys will rave there, they are there. Uh, Jeff and Jamie Gwines are down here, and that's their son Jackson, right? Do I have that right, Jackson? We'll high-five later. It's all good, right? Okay. Uh, then we have Julie and Heath Yater, who are right here. And they have thrilled three children, and uh, they're paying lots of college tuition, but their names are Grant, Mitchell, and Sarah. So. Uh, Good luck with your checkbook this year, but uh, we're glad you're here. And then we have Diane Moliette. Where's Diane? I can't even see you. Brandon, you're blocking her. There she is, all the way from Mansfield. She's down among us now. Uh, welcome to Diane. Steve and Terry Peterson, you may know. They are longtime members here. They went to Florida for a while, and finally they said, we miss Ohio so much. So they are back, and they have two children also, Michael and Alex. And then we have Brian and Sam Barnett, and we have Sonny and Zoe is here. They're down clear on this end. We have Sam and Zoe, and then we have people at camp. So, uh, but the Barnett family, we're glad to have you here as well. And then finally, uh, to my left here, we have Jamie Santmeyer, and then we have Ricardo Pesh, right? Pesci? Pesci? And then we have, let me see if I can get this right, Eleanor, and then Bernard, and Theodore. Do I have that all right? Thanks be to God. It's hard up here, folks. Let us welcome these new people into our church family. Following today's worship service, Jocelyn, who you've met over the weekend, is here. She's going to get your picture, all right, so that we can put that in breeze and other people can get to know you as well. Invite you at this time to return to your seats. And as they make their way back to their seats, I want to remind the congregation that other announcements and calendar items and things you need to do to carry out your servanthood here at the church are always in the peace signs. It's online Thursdays, uh, and you can see it anytime, either on our website or it will be sent out to you on Thursday. So uh, welcome to everyone once again, and now we continue our service of worship with the offering. And one thing, because a lot of our confirmands are up at camp, we don't have enough acolytes, so pick up your cup when you come forward to communion, otherwise you get no wine, all right? We'll have cups here in the front pews, so just be sure to remind one another to get those cups as you come forward. We continue now with the offering.
Holy God, our maker, redeemer, and healer, in the harmonious world of your creation, the plants and animals, the seas and stars were whole and well in your praise. When sin had scarred the world, you sent your Son to heal our ills and to form us again into one. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread. He gave thanks and he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup. He gave thanks and he gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. Remembering, therefore, his acts of healing, his body given up, and his victory over death. We await that day when all the peoples of the earth will come to the river to enjoy the tree of life. Send your spirit upon us and this meal. As grains scattered on the hillside become one bread, so let your church be gathered from the ends of the earth, that all may be fed with the bread of life, your Son. Through him all glory and honor is yours, almighty Father with the Holy Spirit in your holy church, both now and forever. Amen. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be given.
God of the abundant table, you have refreshed our hearts in this meal with bread for the journey. Give us your grace on the road that we might serve our neighbors with joy for the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. peace. Love your neighbor. Thanks be to God. I apologize for the accent, but I have acid reflux, and I start coughing, and I can't stop. 